Section 15 of Royal Romances of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Royal Romances of Today by Kellogg Dorland. Part 2, Chapter 3 Assuming the Burden. Upon arriving at Lavatia, Princess Alex hastened to the bedside of the moribund emperor. The following day, in the royal chapel of Livatia, she was received into the Greek Orthodox Church under the name of Alexandra Feodorovna. Her own preference was for the name Catherine, but yielding to the wishes of Nicholas, she accepted the name of his choosing. The wedding date was fixed for the following Wednesday, but the nearing end of Alexander necessitated a brief postponement only till the end had come and all that remained of him had been transported to st petersburg and laid to rest beside the remains of his father and his father's fathers for many generations in the golden-spired chapel of the grim fortress of saints peter and paul on the banks of the swift flowing river neva some there are believers in omens who attribute many of the difficulties of her life as Zaritza to the name she took when she was received into the russian church alexandra fyodorovna after the grandmother of the czar her husband for alexandra had long been an ill-fated name in the unhappy land of prince alex's adoption a daughter of the emperor paul who was called alexandra had a very tragic end when she was but seventeen years of age her grandmother catherine the second arranged that she should marry the king of sweden the preparations for this royal wedding were all elaborately made and on the day set all was well so far as the world knew the tables were laid for the marriage banquet and the bride all robed and ready awaited her royal bridegroom the guests were assembled and the priests stood by in their gorgeous mantles of gold suddenly his majesty the king announced that he would not go on with the wedding his courtiers and sweet pleaded and implored him not to offer so terrible an insult to the daughter of an emperor and to the whole russian nation but in vain the king was obdurate the news was tardily announced to catherine whose wrath knew no bounds the guests withdrew and the swedish party quit the winter palace and returned to stockholm the humiliated alexandra was given no further choice even after this terrible ordeal but was speedily married willy-nilly to an austrian grand duke but she really did not survive the shock of the failure of her marriage with the king of sweden and she died of humiliation and a broken heart only nineteen years of age a daughter of nicholas i was named alexandra she was early married to a stepson of napoleon bonaparte but a fatal disease carried her off before she was twenty again emphasizing the traditional tragedy associated with his name alexander the second had a daughter alexandra a lovely golden-haired child but she succumbed to an illness in childhood no wonder then that the superstitious feared for the future of princess alex when she took for herself the name that has so often been borne by daughters of sorrow in russia but alexandra was the name nicholas chose for her and that sufficed the mourning family returned to st petersburg after the death of alexander the third and as soon as preparations could be made the wedding took place the entire court laying aside its mourning weeds for one day 
thus edged in black the official ceremonial life of the tsaritsa began at the wedding ceremony she did not show to advantage she was reserved in her manner to the point of severity and a trait was noticed on that day that has militated against her ever since despite her natural physical grace she does not know how to dress her simple german trainee had not taught her how to wear beautiful clothes possibly the wearing of lovely gowns well is an instinct born in some women at all events on her wedding day the empress bride failed to please the court a few days later when the young czar was receiving deputations from different parts of the empire there occurred a rupture between him and some deputies from the province of tiver which he has never been able to outlive and for some unexplained reason the sentiments that he then expressed in heat were accepted as the sentiments of the empress as well the chairman of the deputation humbly offered the congratulations of the people of tiver and ventured to add that it was their hope that the new emperor might be pleased in the course of his reign to grant certain liberties to his people perhaps even a constitution this hope was partly based on their faith in the young empress whom they expected would have liberal sympathies as a result of her life in germany and her affiliations with england but the czar burst forth into a terrible tirade against such notions told them to be done with these idle dreams and even threatened the whole deputation with banishment the whole country was astounded at this uncalled-for outburst and a lurking suspicion sprang up that the tsaritsa might not be so liberal as they had hoped and this indeed seems to have proved true for whatever influence the tsaritsa has exerted in russia from that day to this has been in the direction of reaction and severe administration she has always accepted the point of view of her husband nicholas the second believes himself a god-ordained autocrat and the great ambition of his life is not to hand on to his successor a happy and peaceful nation living under a constitutional monarchy but an absolute autocracy and alexandra fedorovna has supported and worked for the realization of this ambition when one remembers the glorious and golden romance of this girl one's imagination is fired to highest heat and one rejoices when the child who was called sunny who early battled bravely with life was at last coming unto her own but alas at the very moment when it would seem that providence had filled her cup to the full the dark clouds began to gather and the little german princess when she ceased to be princess alex also ceased to be sunny instead of entering upon a period of life rich in blessings showered with happiness she faced graver responsibilities greater hardships and in harder battles than she yet had known the crudest blows of fate were yet to fall upon her the wedding of the czar and tsaritsa was almost the only bright day of the winter of eighteen ninety four in st petersburg society mourning was resumed before even the usual wedding ceremonials were ended and few court functions were held until after the coronation which took place the following spring this event was looked forward to by the entire court and the most elaborate arrangements were made to make it the most magnificent and dazzling spectacle of the kind that a traditionally magnificent court had yet known an historic occasion notable from every point of view 
during the festivities celebrating this event the young empress might have been expected to have won all hearts instead the popularity of the dowager was enhanced and the suspicions against alexandra which had been aroused during the wedding celebration were deepened russia always poor was in especially straitened circumstances the year of the coronation crops had failed the winter had been severe and peasants were starving in different parts of the empire yet the coronation show cost the government many millions of dollars the harness worn by the horses that drew the carriage of the empress alone cost more than one million dollars the german princess born amid frugal surroundings simply reared early taught to value pennies and never affluent on this occasion found herself in a strange setting indeed her coach followed the carriage of the dowager empress eight snow-white horses adorned with red morocco trappings trimmed with exquisitely engraved gold champed their teeth on bits of solid gold and above their heads waved snow-white ostrich plumes in her shining chariot sat the empress in a silver and satin gown with an ermine cloak over her shoulders ropes of diamonds hanging from her shoulders and a crest of diamonds above her head how wonderful a change from the life she had always known too great a change perhaps for even now her manner did not please the populace the dowager was hailed with acclamations and unprecedented enthusiasm the empress was received in dead silence the situation was an impossible one she tried to smile upon the throng but her smiles were stony and cold and people remarked to one another that she only stared in disdain after the long and tedious coronation services as the emperor was painfully making his way to the church of the ascension staggering under the weight of his royal robes and crown he stumbled and fell in a long swoon just as he has fallen ever since under the weight of responsibilities and cares he has never been strong enough to carry the following day the coronation festivities were interrupted by a terrible catastrophe some five thousand peasants were crushed or trampled to death in a stampede and panic preceding the distribution of certain simple meals which were to have been in honor of the great event of the coronation the calamity has never been satisfactorily explained but there seems to have been a general lack of efficiency among those who had the distribution in charge no sooner was word received of the disaster than the dowager empress hurried to the crowded hospitals administering personal comfort and relief and cheer to the surviving wounded her great activity and sympathetic devotion endeared her yet more to the people and as long as she lives thousands will revere her for her expressions of grief and solicitude on this occasion nicholas however made himself conspicuous by doing nothing on nearly every occasion during the course of his reign when he has had a signal opportunity for doing the right thing he has acted precisely as he acted on this occasion he has turned his back and gone off and alexandra feodorovna has acted in concert with her husband they both attended the ball at the french embassy that same night thus horrifying not only russia but the civilized world i do not believe that the tsarita is lacking in heart warmth or human sympathies but her life is dominated by one man before she was an empress she was a woman and as a woman she loved and as a woman she gave all to that love and to the end of the chapter one must look for the real life of the tsaritsa in those spheres where her 
personal love for this one man holds sway from the coronation day the tsaritsa never regained a place in the affection of the russian people and having recognized this fact and having realized the futility of usurping the place of the dowager empress she simply ceased trying the russian people don't dislike her they merely do not know her when travelling through the interior of russia i constantly heard the czar spoken of by the peasants sometimes reverently of late more often disdainfully occasionally in the terms of the old russian proverb god is in heaven and the czar is far off but i do not recall of ever hearing a peasant speak of the empress when i have asked about her the mojiks have invariably shrugged their shoulders in silence they often have a bright-coloured lithograph of her on the walls of their houses and they all think the picture very beautiful more than that they know nor care not at all once in an interior village i heard a group of peasants discussing the czar with a trace of old-time superstitious reverence and i asked what of the empress a shaggy old moochie shook his tousled head stolidly as he replied she is the little father's woman but what can we know of her the tsaritsa entered upon a life of unusual difficulty from the moment she crossed the russian frontier she realized even at the time of her wedding and more than ever at her coronation that she was not liked at court so she did what any sensitive soul would have done under similar circumstances she turned from the people who criticized her who failed to appreciate her trying turned to those whom she loved who loved her how many women in our own country have been through just such experiences not called upon to serve as queens or empresses but summoned to positions they never were fitted or trained to occupy with the realization of failure comes a terrible disappointment and sorrow sometimes heartbreak good women then turn to the fruits of love and in their children seek the salvation necessary to counteract the first failure the dowager empress had never approved of the marriage of nicholas to princess alex she herself had always been exceedingly popular with the russian people in her affliction and bereavement the sympathy and affection of the nation went out to her at the coronation of her son and his spouse her warm personality so completely outshone that of her younger successor as empress of the people that a circle of the court immediately gathered about her from that day to the present time the influence of the dowager empress in her court party has been more potent than that of the tsaritsa at times this influence has been directed openly against her rival and always to the embarrassment of the younger woman for several years they were not even on speaking terms and to-day they rarely meet save on formal occasions when court etiquette demands the presence of them both at some particular function the attitude of the dowager empress has been a source of continual pain to the tsaritsa and besides actively militating against her it has been one more strong influence driving her away from the usual interests and activities and more into her family life this estrangement between the two first women of the court has also tended more than anything else to isolate nicholas it has resulted in periodic ruptures between the czar and his mother and it has strained his relations with his numerous relatives and important personages of the court who have remained loyal to her these are some of the reasons why the life which ought to have been bright and happy has been utterly miserable 
and now there are indications that a complete nervous breakdown may crown the burden of her years. End of section 15